are we calling this? Grubs and Games? Games and Grub? Games and Grub. Best podcast on the planet. You guys are great. Friendship with the Games and Grub podcast. It's Games and Grub with your host, Brian Gallagher. Hey, we know Brian Gallagher. Gallagher has trained for months and months for this moment. Zach Passios. The Mr. Zachary Passios. Some are saying that he's rivaling the talents of Zachary Passios. And Aiden Hatton. Aiden is like Kyler Murray. I've coined him the Marquette Marvel because what can't he do? Live on Marquette Radio. That's right, live from the Marquette Radio Studios, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It is Radio's Restaurant, the saloon of sports talk from the diner booth to the radio booth. Games and Grub right here on MUR. Yes, it is Aiden Hatton. I am back. The Marquette Marvel alongside the Minnesota Marvel, the modern-day Marquette Warrior, and I only call him that because he ran the board last week, Mr. Brian Gallagher. What? What? Now, saying I ran the board is a little bit of an overstatement. If you listen to last week's episode, you will notice that there was a uh, serious lack of music and gimmicks and clips. Um, but we're back. Aiden's back on the board. I'm back in my chair. Everything feels right. Let's get after it. We're back. No Zach this afternoon. And we say afternoon because if you're listening, if you're a loyal podcast listener, we're recording this on a Friday. We're live on MUR here at 5.31 p.m. Central Time, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. And you may be asking, why is Games Grub on at night? Well, it's a once-over once opportunity because we're, we're getting out in the field tomorrow. That's we're on we're the field doing. tomorrow. Scheduling and conflicts. We're, we're actually out. All of us are going to different places. Yes, th- which is funny. And because three different sports that we will be covering. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, correct. So we're all out on Saturday, and we have we will not miss a show, especially during this hot football season. We have to get our week three takes in, which we will momentarily. We've got to clip it and rip it, which I have returned for. I know Zach, I listened back to the podcast, and I think Zach's best performance was during clip it and rip it, to be honest. We've got, like we said, NFL week three, some things never change. Top five tweets, which if we're being honest, is now a group-produced segment with people who are not on the show. Shout-out to Jaden Conroy. We'll get into a tweet that he sent that actually made the list. So congratulations, Jaden. A debut of a new segment, or I guess you guys debuted it last week, Zach Zebras. Soft debut last week. Soft second debut this week. Softer. I would say next week will be the official. Yes. Official debut of Zach's Zebras, the officiating aficionado, <laughs> yes, and his replacement ref, Brian Gallagher. Maybe your best wordplay work ever, the officiating aficionado. So Zach hopefully will debut his own segment next week, and we've got much more to do this afternoon. So if you're listening live, call us up at 414-288-7091. That's 414 414- Two eight eight seven zero nine one, and I almost forgot. We have a special guest joining us half an hour from now. He is a loyal friend of the show, but most importantly, Games of Grub tonight is just serving as a pregame show for the biggest concert on campus that 
basically the entire market world has seen in the, in the last 50 years. Saved by the Bennett will be performing tonight, Friday, September 24th, at Murphy's Irish Pub right here in Milwaukee, right here on Marquette's campus. And our friend of the show, and the namesake of the band, Bennett Lundberg, is scheduled to join us half an hour from now. Go ahead, clap. Yeah! Our our friend, he actually has co-hosted the show before. I think he took your place, uh, yeah, right, Yeah, he's, he's filled in for me before, I believe, so... Awesome dude. We're very excited to have him come on and frankly gauge his nerves before this this concert. And I think they've performed at Murph's before. Yes, this is the second before. time. So this is the second time. I believe the first time was a packed house. I heard nothing but good things. I was unable to attend the first time. We are going tonight, correct? We are going tonight because same as you, I missed the first one and I was absolutely so upset that I could not make it. And those guys that we know. Uh, so make sure you tune in next week to Games yes. and Grub, 1030 Saturday, or on the podcast on Spotify. And we will give a review of Saved by the Bennett at Murphy's Irish Pub. Yes. And that's let's just get like, started. That's just That totally produces our show. Next week, we have to do a review segment about Saved by the Bennett. So Bennett is scheduled to join us about 25 minutes from now at 6 p.m. If you're listening live. If you're listening on podcast, he's scheduled to join us about 25 minutes from now. But first, let's start as we've seemed to always start in the past few weeks with the best food of our week. I'll start because I, I feel like I should go first because I have to give a former, a excuse me, not former, a proper shout out to Mr. Brian Gallagher, who sits to my right. Last week on the show, when I was not in, I detailed... I gave a detailed listen to Games and Grub, and you guys touched on your famous pulled pork sandwiches, pulled pork grilled cheese sandwiches that you're going to make. These things were awesome. So I want to give you a proper golf clap because thank if you, Zach thank is you. not here and Jaden's not here and Matt's not here yeah. to recap, it was awesome. So football food of the week was grilled cheese pulled pork sandwiches on the George Foreman that required to slow cook a giant pulled pork butt giant pork butt i mean this thing was eight <laughs> over eight pounds uh, i had to hustle in the morning because i had a uh, i had a brunch i had to get to so i had to hustle before the brunch to i literally like like ran to the store grabbed the first pork i saw ran back and tossed it in the crock pot it didn't fit in the crock pot so kind of wow. pan- kind of panicked a little bit and took it out of the crock pot, put it in the pressure cooker, which has a slow cooker function. Several, several, wow. several hours later, started taking it out of the out of the slow cooker, started pulling the pork, uh, pork apart a little bit, put it on some Texas toast with some cheese, some barbecue sauce, slapped it on the foreman so it was kind of like a panini-style sandwich. Uh, I appreciate the shout-out, Aiden. You know, we're going to keep doing the football foods of the week. We have a very special football food of the week this week. I know you're excited for this one. Yes. I showed it to you. This is yours. It was actually an audible because in the notes on my phone where I'm tracking the foods I'm going to make, week three is not what I am going to make. Oh, you have a list, a working I, list. I, I have a working list, yes. For the entire season? For uh, I'm, or as through, week... I'm through week six right now. We're, schedule- oh, we're scheduling it as we go. Preparation. Yes. So this coming week... We're not going to have pulled pork. 
We're not going to have whatever I made week one, which did not turn out very well. We don't have to talk about that. We are re- making. I don't even remember. We are making the famed pepperoni football. Yes, this is right. It deserves another goal. We'll we'll uh we'll have a picture of it. We will have a review yeah. of it next week. So tune in for that. Um, the best food I had this week. I appreciate the shout out, Aiden. But my barbecue, my pulled pork, was not even the best pulled pork of the weekend. That goes to Clint and Rod, Lizzie's father. And Lizzie's uncle. Lizzie is our roommate. She lives upstairs. It was her 22nd birthday. Happy belated birthday, Lizzie. Her <laughs> her family threw a barbecue in our backyard. They set it up. They brought the food in. They brought the grill in. They literally did everything. And the the show last week just missed it. As soon as we got back to our house from the studio, they were setting up in our backyard. And they had the yes. tables. They had the snacks. And I looked to Zach and I was like, oh, boy. It was oh, right, boy. It was right after the show. And, we, I mean, we were out there from 1 o'clock until 7, 7.30, and it was a blast. <laughs> well, personally, I had to – it was such a long day. It was such a long afternoon with so much food, and I think the spices from the Italian sausage literally put me to sleep because I had to take a power nap at the middle of that day to go – to wake up so that we could keep going that same day. It was a marathon of a day and it was it a blast. Not, it could not have been started better by Clinton Rod. So shout out to Clinton Rod. I think that there is a pending invite for uh, us to go to Rod's to yeah. watch a gritty fall football game. So yes, that's right. We'll to watch keep a you guys. Game. We'll keep you guys updated on that because that will probably be the next best food, next best barbecue <laughs> yes. we will eat. We'll keep you updated. We'll keep you updated here at GrubMUR on Twitter and Instagram and here on Games and Grub. Let's start with that NFL season because we won't make it to Clint and Rod's for of another great football food of the week this week. We will soon, and we'll update you on that. But first, Brian has his pepperoni football to cook, and we're going to sit on our keisters at our own house and watch week three, which... Promises to be a great week if these first two weeks are any indication. Brian has our list of juicy games in the, in in uh in the same kind of fashion as juicy meats, juicy games, games and grub to a T. So Brian, let's go over these juicy games. Which ones do you have on your list from week three? Well, first of all, we gotta give a big shout out to Thursday night football last night. <laughs> the Panthers have moved to three and O. Sam Darnold rebounding a little bit better from the Jets than Adam Gase. Aiden, <laughs> Aiden, what is Adam Gase doing nowadays? Oh my god! Former, former NFL head coach. And when so, I mean, when I say former, I mean literally last year he was the head coach of the New York Football Jets. Yes. In Adam Gase's world, he is. And your words lost the breakup. That's that's your word, Brian, because and it it fits this so well because Adam Gase, as you mentioned, one in fifteen last year, canned from the Jets, and he is now drum roll please. Not an NFL coach. Nope. Not a college coach. Nope. Not even a college coordinator. Nope. Nope. He is in high school, not even a high school head coach. Nope. He is a high school offensive coordinator at Lincoln High School in Ypsilanti, Michigan. 
Michigan High School Football offensive coordinator Adam Gase is now not in the NFL anymore, and Sam Darnold's now three and zero. You know what? He he's going back to uh, to I guess you could call it his roots. I don't know where he's from. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what his previous jobs were. But he's Great. starting at a more fundamental level of the sport, and maybe we'll see him back <laughs> at the uh, at the NFL head coaching. Oh my goodness! So yeah, shout out to Sam Darnold. If you've listened to the show enough, or if you've heard me give give takes enough, I am rooting for Sam Darnold as much as anybody in the National Football League. I think he was given a, a really bad rap in New York because of Adam Gase, frankly, in that coaching situation. So I am really happy he's three and zero. So Panthers three and zero covered the spread, which was minus eight. Congrats to them, and <laughs> let's uh, maybe they'll be the last undefeated team in the NFL. Moving on to Sunday at the noon slate, we have three games that that hit the juicy classification. We the should first, have, we should have notorious Big Juicy playing in the background. Oh, that's a good idea. Next week, next week. <laughs> so the first game of the Sunday noon slate that we'll be covering is the Chargers at the Chiefs. Justin Herbert is traveling to Arrowhead Stadium with the Chargers to face Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Minus six and a half for the Chiefs, Aiden. What do you think? Oh, boy. This was not... I'm staying away from this line because the Chiefs obviously coming off one of the games of the year by the end of the year. I think you'll see between the Chiefs and the Ravens on Sunday Night Football. Absolute guts by Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh to go for it that final fourth down to put the nail in the coffin in Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I think the Chiefs rebound back home at Arrowhead. You have to have home cooking after a loss like that. I do love Justin Herbert almost as much as I'm rooting for Sam Darnold, but I do see the Chiefs getting back uh, on the winning on the winning side here. I'm staying away from this line. So yeah, a six and a half line is tough, especially with the Chiefs, because I mean we know how easy it is for them to punch in an extra touchdown, right. go from a three point lead to a ten point lead at the end of the game. Six six and a half is hard to touch, but look for the Chiefs because Vegas knows best. Look for the Chiefs to win by about seven points. I th- I would agree. If you have to touch, if you have to pick a line either way, I'm going the Chiefs over six and a half to win. I think that hook. Under seven, it gives you the ability right now on Friday at 5.44 Central Time to lock in an under seven-point win by the Chiefs. I think you hit that. All right, moving on. The next game of the week, most people around these parts of town. Juicy. Most people around these parts of town, they are most excited for this game because it is Justin Fields' first NFL career start. Congrats to him. Andy Dalton was injured last week. And uh, it's at least another couple weeks before he will return. But then, just as Matt Nagy promised, it is his starting job. (laughs) So, (laughs) Justin Fields is traveling to Cleveland to play Baker Mayfield and the Browns. The Browns are minus seven. What what are we thinking about this one? I I think the Browns are winning. I I don't think Justin Fields can, can pull off his first NFL starting win. I think he'll show that he is competitive and can open the playbook a little more than Andy Dalton, especially because of his athleticism and his ability to move on his feet. Don't throw a wet blanket on Justin Fields just yet, because if you'll hear a familiar voice, I want to preface this pick with a soundbite from a familiar voice who is a really big Justin Fields fan. Back when Justin was in high school, folks, he was being interviewed by a reporter, and a special guest came in to... Stop the interview. Again, Justin Fields is in high school. Uh, the coaches... Hey, listen, man. It's Cam Newton here. 
Hey, best player in high school football right here. Several former five-star himself. I'm Cam, Cam Newton, Newton, and I approve this message. <laughs> That's the voice of Cam Newton back when Justin Fields was in high school. I forgot to tell you I had this in the bank. Yeah, wow. Talk about in the bank. That is a historical <laughs> video right there. That might have been from when Cam Newton was still a relevant NFL football player. <laughs> so that was back when Justin Fields was in high school. And he was at the same camp, I guess, as Cam Newton. And just glowing over Justin Fields. So... If Cam Newton is most excited about Justin Fields, who else would you want to endorse Justin Fields? Not Tom Brady, not Peyton Manning, not not even Mac Jones. Let's go with Cam freaking Newton. So Cam if, Noonan? If Cam Noonan. If you're a Bears fan, you better be excited that this video resurfaced on the internet next, the next this week for Justin Fields' first start. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he'll I think he'll have some really exciting plays. I wouldn't be surprised if he throws an interception or two, but biggest thing for him is keep his head up. Uh, obviously, th- this is the moment he's been waiting for. Um, and, and hopefully he can keep the job from Andy Dalton just because I think it, I, I like having a new, young, exciting quarterback rather than kind of the same old people we've been seeing for the last five to ten years. Um, that's why I like Kellen Mond on the Vikings instead of Kirk Cousins, just because it's new, it's exciting. Not saying I think he's better, but it's, it's new and it's exciting. And it shows that the, the football is changing. I mean, think about how many good young quarterbacks we have. Is Justin Fields going to be one of those top good young quarterbacks this week? I think will be a good week one to figure that out. I think it's a great indication against a good Browns team, upper echelon team in the AFC. This is undoubtedly a juicy game. All right. And our last noon Sunday game, the Saints at Patriots. Oh, boy. Sean Payton and company traveling to Foxborough to play Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Mac Jones just had his first career win last week. Aiden, what are we thinking? As a, as a noted Patriot fan, I'm actually surprised, Brian, that you put this in the juicy category. Because I, I don't think I would even put it in myself. It may be a watchable game. I don't know how much juice it has for for a national audience. You don't think so? I I, I don't see. Be- I always feel like the Saints are good, so I always feel like they're watchable, and I still feel that way about the Patriots. Even though last year was a down year, and obviously uh, TB isn't there anymore, right? But I still feel like they have Bill Belichick. They're always a good team. They're not going to give you like a horrible game. And Sean Payton obviously can do some fun things to that offense. Jameis had his week one with five touchdowns, no interceptions. Last week was a little bit step back from that. So is this week going to be more of his equilibrium for this season? We're going to have to wait and find out. You know what I think it is? I think it's the Saints because like, like we've noted so many times on these airwaves, or at least I have, the Saints are in so many marquee national TV games this year, and I don't understand why. That big win over... Uh, the Packers week one kind of shut me up, but then they go down week two last week against a, a good Panthers team that we just saw win on Thursday night. But again, how much have we seen of Sam Darnold and Matt Rule to to call them world beaters? And from the same coin, how much have we seen from James Winston to crown him as a legitimate starting quarterback in the league? I'm still not really sure of James Winston. So as a Patriot fan, I've been so wrong and so right about the Saints in only two weeks of the NFL season, so I have no idea what to expect. 
And do you think that if Jameis continues to struggle, they'll start activating Taysom Hill a little bit more, maybe running some more of that wildcat? Or, uh, honestly, you can even run traditional packages with him. We've seen his ability to throw the ball down the field. Obviously, he's not a stand-in-the-pocket type of guy, but he can run a normal offense. Do you think that they're that they would move to more of a, a split minutes, or is that just a recipe for disaster? I think it's more of the latter. It's a great question, though, because the Saints, if you go back to August— they were the number one most talked about quarterback discussion competition in football. I don't I don't necessarily believe that the 49ers was actually a competition. I think the Saints, Jameis Winston against Taysom Hill was the real legit competition because Teddy Bridgewater versus Drew Locke gave you no juice. And the Saints had a real problem on their hands. And Sean Payton really had a decision to make. Having said that, I don't think even by this point, if they do go down to one and two, I don't think they go back to Taysom Hill anytime soon. Well, I don't think they'll they'd bench Jameis Winston, but I do. I could see them maybe giving a, a quarter to Taysom Hill or a couple drives to Taysom Hill. But we have to see how Jameis plays. If he can keep holding off the interceptions, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll uh, continue to be the sole starter there in New Orleans. Moving on to the three o'clock slate. Yes. This is possibly the game of the week probably the game of the week has the potential to be the game of the year don't want to overhype it but it is Tom Brady and his Super Bowl champion Buccaneers going to play at SoFi Stadium against Matt Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams the Bucks are a minus one and a half point spread favorite Aiden you've been critical of Matt Stafford can he beat the defending Super Bowl champions here's another guy that shut me up in the last two weeks Matthew Stafford has been MVP caliber the Rams are a strong 2 and0 they had some struggles with Indy last week but that's a that's a hard place to play Lucas oil and they're two and0 this line has actually switched to a pick'em by Friday night between Tampa Bay and Los Angeles it is at SoFi which you mentioned which gives that Rams a little bit of a home field advantage. This is such a tough pick because I do think the Buccaneers are a tad overrated coming into this year. There's talks of undefeated. Can they be the first team to go 20-0? and All that kind of banter, to be honest. I think that's the word for it. And Matt Stafford has shut me up in the last two weeks with the Rams. So I'm expecting a close game, fourth quarter, down the middle, and ultimately, I don't think I don't think there's much home court uh, home court home field advantage anymore in the home field much more in the NFL these days to to give the, to give the Rams that much more an advantage. I think the Buccaneers come out of here three and zero. Yeah, I I see the Buccaneers winning this game too. I think this game is going to have a lot of significance down the line. I think both these teams will be uh, deep NFC playoff teams. Uh, could very well possibly meet in the playoffs in the NFC Championship game. 100%. Um, so whatever happens in this game, whatever looks they get to see, I mean, the, you've seen it so many times when teams play earlier in the year, you learn lessons from that, and you learn lessons from when you see other teams play them, but more so when you play them yourself, when you get to actually line up against them, when you can see what it takes to beat those guys. So if Matt Stafford and company can come out of here with a – uh, maybe maybe they lose by one. Maybe they just maybe they miss a special. Maybe they miss an extra point in special teams. Who knows? Maybe they come out just underneath the Buccaneers. They might learn just enough lessons where if they meet them on later down the line, 
they will have what it takes to beat the Super Bowl champions. It is still a toss-up, though. I mean, there's a reason Vegas <laughs> it's, made it's it so a pick them. It's tough. It's really because I mean, Sean McVay. I mean, he's a he's a he's a wonderkind. Matthew Stafford is a superstar. Tom Brady is the goat. Who knows what's going to happen, right? <laughs> Real quick, <laughs> is the only reason you know the word wonder kid because of Ted Lasso? Wonderkind? No, it's uh, from The <laughs> Office. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that that's oh, the first so- time I, I heard that that word. See, I'm going to show yeah. my I'm my, gonna my, show vo- my, my vocab- vocabulary. No, I'm going to show my office amateurism because I haven't seen every episode. I've seen many. I've not seen all of them. I must have missed that. Yeah. All right. And moving on to my favorite game of the week until it isn't. <laughs> the Seahawks coming to U.S. Bank Stadium to face my Minnesota Vikings. The Seahawks were a minus one and a half favorite. I believe it is now a pick em. The money has moved a little bit towards Minnesota, but Vegas still thinks it is a coin flip of a game right here. The Seahawks have beaten the Vikings so much. (laughs) And it seems like we play them every year. But here's what's different. We are at home this time. It seems like every year we have to go out to Seattle. We have to go out to the 12th man. We have to go listen to those fans hoot and holler at us. The Vikings are 0-2. Last week, we fought. We scraped with the uh, with the Arizona Cardinals, and Kyler Murray just made one too many plays for us, and we lost due to a missed field goal. We literally could have won that game. And honestly, it's a very similar situation when you look at week one. We went to overtime against the Bengals. Yes, they won. And yes, they didn't even look that good last week, so it's starting to look like the Bengals team that we lost to isn't that good. But they looked pretty sharp week one. My prediction for this game, I think it's going to be a little bit of a shootout. I don't I don't even know what the line is for the over-under. I'd pick the over <laughs> just because the Vikings defense and our secondary is a little bit suspect. Patrick Peterson, he did his job last week, but the rest of the secondary um, had some, what did I hear it called as of this week, college football secondary plays where they just kind of <laughs> forgot to show up. It, it's, a, it's going to be a tough game. I think it, it could be something maybe like a 33-30. Something like that. Toss up. Who knows who's going to win? I don't. You don't. That's love of the game. What do you think, Aiden? Nobody does. And that shootout last week, we watched pretty much the entire Seahawks card. Uh, excuse me, Seahawks Cardinals. Vikings Cardinals game. And one of the best games at the end of the week by by far in terms of actual quality of the game. As you said, the defense, that Kyle Murray play that is looping over it's probably on sports center again yeah the the it was kind of the same Hale Murray type play where he you know runs to his left he has to chuck it up the guy was wide open because it was a broken play well so that was Ronda that was Rondell Moore yes so Rondell Moore was literally so wide open he stopped he moved back towards the ball nobody was on him he was literally like I could have caught that ball and ran it into the end zone I'm not very fast broken play the, the touchdown that really sat in my mind from Kyler Murray was the fadeaway. Was when we sent, I think we sent like most of our guys on a blitz. And we, oh, we, different play. we, yeah, sw- we swallowed we swallowed him up. We got him. He got the ball off because he literally just ran straight back, turned around, tossed it 50 yards. Christian Kirk caught it on like the five-yard line, set him up for a touchdown. It's not, I don't even think we played that play bad. I think that we did we did as good as we could have. It was just it was a toss up play. We couldn't get to the quarterback fast enough, uh, even though we got to him very, very fast. But 
I do I do see the Vikings not going 0-3. I think that we're just going to be that hungry. Um, look to see DK Metcalf or Lockett shut down, but not both of them. So if you have one of those guys on your fantasy team, <laughs> bet big on him. There you go. All right, moving on to Sunday night. Packers at 49ers. Aaron Rodgers returning home to his home state of California to face San Francisco 49ers and Jimmy G. What do we got? Well, these last two, Seahawks, Vikings, and Packers 49ers, are two of the three in my Hatton's hat trick picks this week for the Lions. Two and I'm two, three, and one on the season. Gotta get back to five hundred. I do like the Seahawks. If the line I originally picked it Seahawks minus one and a half, I think the Seahawks are winning this game by at least more than a field goal. And now that it's a pick 'em, jump on that for entertainment purposes only if you're in Wisconsin. Packers. The Packers are such an enigma this year in the NFL. Come out with a total dud, obviously, against the Saints week one. Last week on Monday Night Football, it looked shaky at halftime against the Lions. Dan Campbell he rolled the dice, and they were down by three at halftime. They roar back in the second half, beat the Lions by, by a healthy margin. And this week three game is a tough one against the 49ers. They're, the Packers are getting three and a half points. That hook here, that half point, take the Packers' points. They're not losing this game by more than a field goal if they're not winning the game outright. I expect a bounce-back game. Aaron Rodgers, of course, laid a total dump in Week 1, and I think it's slowly going to creep back to Aaron Rodgers' early season momentum type. type And and here's the thing. The Week 1 was so bad. Yes, Week 2 kind of started to make up for that, but here's the thing. They're playing the Detroit Lions at Lambeau. Of course they're going to win that game. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is not going to lose a home game against the Dan Campbell Detroit Lions two games into Dan Campbell's career there. The, that team's still figuring it out, and Aaron Rodgers showed him that, yes, there's a lot to figure out, especially when you're going to have to go play in Lambeau once a year. I don't see them coming out with a W. I think the 49ers are going to wow. edge them out. I think the 49ers... I think their defense is, I mean, do you remember how good they were? It was two years ago. That Super Bowl year. It was two years ago. The Vikings played them in the playoffs, and then the next week the Packers played them in the playoffs. And they steamrolled both of us. Stuffed them. And I think that there's still enough of the same players when you look at that roster with this one, especially on the defensive side of the ball with uh, Nick Bosa. Um, I, I don't see the Packers coming out with a W. Wow, so we disagree on that. We'll get to the rest of our NFL picks, obviously. But on the line is our next guest. We now welcome a very, very, very special guest. He is a former Games and Grub fill-in host, a Marquette musician who will be performing on campus tonight at 10 p.m. at Murphy's Irish Pub in Milwaukee. He is the namesake of Saved by the Bennett, the world-famous band who will be rocking the house just a few hours from now. And he joins us for a pre-concert preview. He is Mr. Bennett Lundberg. Bennett, welcome back to the show. What's up, guys? How's it going? Good. How are you? <laughs> we'll uh, we'll get I'm to the, hanging in there. We'll get to the concert in a second, but first and foremost, you're the biggest White Sox fan I know from a sports perspective. That's right, baby. How are you feeling in the stretch run going into the playoffs? 
Uh, I'm confident. I'm confident. It's been it's been slow these past few weeks. We've uh, had some guys on the IL trying to save some guys for October, but um, I like the matchup with Houston. I like the first round matchup, uh, but everyone in the AL is good, so it's going to be a dogfight. Hey, Bennett, I have to say, you know, I was living in Chicago this summer. I went to my first game at Wrigley Field. I also went to my first game at the so-called G-Spot. And I was the, the game at Guaranteed Rate Field was actually Cubs versus White Sox. Cubs got out to a early lead, and then the White Sox came back and absolutely slaughtered them. Guaranteed Rate that Field. That was a great game. Guaranteed Rate Field. Significantly more fun than Wrigley Field, I have to say. Oh, dude! If I had wow. to pick between the two Chicago 100%, teams, percent. I'm, I'm going. I'm going with the White Sox. Listen, Wrigley Field. Wrigley Field is nice and pretty, but we don't like nice and pretty at all on the South Side. <laughs> no, no, you do not. We, we we like wins. And the White Sox are getting that done this year. Bennett Lundberg joins us. And when you look into the baseball world, other than your obviously potential matchup with the White Sox and the Astros, who is the other teams that you paid it? To, you know, you'd pay attention to in October to to make a run, either in the AL or the NL. I mean, I really like the the Giants. I, yep. I'm I'm really rooting for the Giants out of the NL. I think they're a great story. Um, even though I am a Sox fan, I, I do like Chris Bryant. I want to see him do great things out there in San Francisco. Obviously, the Brew Crew, you know. I've uh, grown to be a Brewers fan, living in Milwaukee here. So uh, I'd like to see them. Uh, from the American League, I mean, it's really interesting because I, I don't think any team is, you know, head and shoulders better than anyone else. The Rays have a great team. Um, but, like, every other year, I don't think I could name more than three players on their team. You know, <laughs> it's just kind of the way that the Rays do it. You know, they're, you know, they're <laughs> first seed with a bye, and I, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you who their, you know, third baseman is. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I like, I like the Brewers out of the NL. Uh, I, I'm, I think, I, I think it'll be a uh, Brewers White Sox World Series. Wow, there you go. So there's a Brewers-White Sox prediction from Bennett Lundberg. You're the star of Saved by the Bennett. Tonight makes its highly anticipated return appearance to Murphs right on campus. So what are you expecting tonight, if if you have any expectations at all? I'm expecting to have a good time, man. Uh, we, we played there a month ago or so. Um, and we had a great turnout, and that was before people were on campus. Had a great time. I hadn't played live music in four years, I think. Yeah, four years in senior high school. Uh, so it was, it was, it's just addicting playing in front of people, and it was really great to do that. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm way less nervous than I was last time, um, and I think it'll be a good time. As Aiden mentioned, uh, this is your return to Murphs. You said you were pretty nervous last time. Is there anything that you and the band took away from that that first uh, live performance in a while? Is there anything different from this performance to the last performance uh, in terms of preparation, in terms of maybe the songs you guys are going to play? Um, what, what's going to be the difference between uh, the second, the the return, and the original? Yeah, well, I think the you know the thing about the first show is you know, it was our first time playing together in front of people. And we didn't really know what our sound was going to be, really. 
Um, so the nice thing about having the second set is we can build on what what kind of sound we want, and we can we can put together uh, different sets. So we have uh, half a new set for this new one. Um, so it'll be half new songs, and I don't know. We also just took away that we're we're pretty good. I think. <laughs> I mean, I think we knew that we were good going into the first one, but all the feedback was real good. So, so I think that uh, I think that that was the biggest thing. It was, it was just kind of a confidence booster. Yeah. All jokes aside, I all I've heard is good things because, as we've mentioned before, Brian and I uh, couldn't make it this time, but we're making it tonight. Uh, as far as the crowd goes, you said it was your first time playing live music in four years in front of people and the first time for the aforementioned Saved by the Bennett. Again, Bennett Lundberg joining us. Who would you nominate as the band's craziest fan? Oh, craziest fan. Well, I'll tell you, uh, at our last show, we had uh, Ben Hintz and Ben McDermott in the front row screaming almost the entire show. So they were pretty wild. But everyone who was there was super supportive. You know, all all the Tim Splice boys were there and the Nicole boys. And uh, it, was, it was just really great. But I'd have to give that honor to uh, Ben Hintz and Ben McDermott. Wow. Can can we expect any crowd surfing, any dance moves on the on the stage? Is there any any type of uh, craziness we should expect from the band members? Oh, I I guess we'll just have to come and find out. <laughs> Good answer. Do we got anything up our sleeve? Great answer. He's 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 a marketing guy at heart. Markets his own band. Uh, l- last one, real quick before we let you go. You got to tell us that the bar hooks you up on free beer for the night, right? Oh, absolutely. Murphy's yes. Murphy's has been great. They gave us their first first break. Um and and in return, uh in return they give us beer. So <laughs> love that. Love that. Well, Bennett Lundberg, it's been a pleasure to uh to go over the the pre-concert round with you again. If you're listening live on MUR, go join us at Murph's tonight at 10 p.m. For saved by the Bennett. He is the namesake for the band. Bennett Lundberg joining us here on Games and Grub on Market Radio. Bennett, it's always a pleasure, man. Hope to talk to you soon. Thanks for calling in. We'll see you there tonight, Bennett. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. There he goes. Mr. Bennett Lundberg joining us here on Games and Grub. He is he's a old I'm excited. Soul. This is gonna be fun. Are you excited after oh, that? Oh yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. There you go. So I, I feel like he wasn't thinking about like doing a potential crowd surf, but maybe because <laughs> I just asked him, he maybe he's thinking about it right now. Like, yeah, yeah Brian Gallagher, I got to do, got to do, do it. I got to do a crowd surf now. Got to do it. Let me tell you, from all of the photography that I saw post first concert, there's enough fan. There will, there yeah, are the, enough the crowd, fans the there. crowd will yield. Could yield oh, a crowd surf or two possibly. There are enough fans there to do it. Uh, there's no doubt about it. If they get the same amount, and I'm expecting potentially a bigger crowd this time around. So we just love to support our friends of the show. Uh, Bennett, if you're a Games Grub loyalist, he's actually co-hosted the show before with Zach and I. That was one of Brian's off weeks. Um, And I think we should kind of go on to, Brian, where you'll be this weekend. You said we're analyzing three different sports, all three of us. Yeah, so so Zach is heading down to Soldier Field for the Notre Dame and Madison football game, which 
from everything I've heard, that is just going to be an absolute party. I have friends from Madison that are going. Obviously, we know Zach and then Bridget is going. I know some people from down in Chicago that are going that, are, that will be supporting Notre Dame. A lot of positive buzz around that. So we'll have some boots in the ground there. Zach will get back <laughs> to us next week with his his opinions, his reflection on it. Uh, was it. Was it better to have it at Soldier Field? Should they have had it? at either Camp Randall or at Notre Dame Stadium. We'll have Zach's thoughts on that next week. Yes. I am heading to Madison. I have an amateur, semi-professional amateur MMA fight to go to. My good friend Matt Leonard. Woo! That's right. Who is Matt Leonard? Matt Leonard used to be the president of the Marquette Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Club, as me and Matt were talking about last weekend. Uh, Me and Matt are... Uh, traveling to Madison to watch his fight. He is currently 2-0, and and I'm pretty confident he's going to be 3-0. and he, uh, He's won both of his fights pretty decisively. He He's still a young guy. He, he basically lives in the gym. He loves training. <laughs> um, and it's like he gets – every time you see him, it's it's like he he's like way better than he was the last time. So I'm going to – I'm looking for him to do something that he hasn't done yet. Uh, which is kind of hard because he has a knockout and he has a submission. So uh, let's see if he can do something a little more impressive than those. Step it up on himself. I truly believe that in a couple of years he could be he could be in the big leagues of wow. uh, of the MMA world. Uh, obviously, it just takes time, it takes dedication to the craft. But those are two things he has on his side. So we have boots on all grounds this weekend. Where, where are you going to be, Aiden? I will be up north in Richfield, Wisconsin. Uh, I've got a little Marquette Hockey golf outing, charity golf outing to get to. Um, thanks to the boys at Marquette Hockey for being super hospitable. And they're inviting me up to be part of their charity golf tournament up at Kettle Hills Golf Course in Richfield. So Saturday morning slash afternoon takes takes about an hour to get up there. And that's why we were, would not be able to do the Saturday morning show live. So who knows how my golf game will be? It's about as present as, you know, Justin Fields in on the NFL these days because he's on the field, then he's off the field, now he's back on. So it's about as volatile as cryptocurrency, and we will see how it goes tomorrow. But let's transition back into the juicy games, the NFL picks. Yeah, we we almost finished them we out. Almost finished. So we disagreed about Packers, Niners. You got the Packers, I got the Niners. Yes. Uh, I do think it will be a good game. Um, I, I hope Aaron Rodgers plays well and could like lead them to a win. I think I like watching him play well. I really enjoyed watching him play last year. I just don't think that they said that the team has the same magic that they did last year. And I think that we're going to start seeing that a little more every week. Moving on to the Monday night game. We have an NFC East matchup. The Eagles are traveling to Dallas to play Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are favored to win by four points, minus four spread. Aiden, what do we think? The Cowboys are such an interesting team because they, if they are rolling, they they run the NFC West. There's no doubt about it. As good as the Eagles have looked NFC in the past East. few weeks. Or the, what did I say? You said, you said West. Oh, West. Sorry. They wouldn't survive in the they, NFC oh West. Oh, my gosh. The Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> the Cowboys could not survive in the wild. Dak Prescott has looked very good these last few weeks. The Cowboys are 1-1, one one, but they really put up a fight in that loss against the Buccaneers. I'm expecting a Cowboys win, home cooking at Jerry World. Minus 5 is a lot of points against an Eagles team that has looked 
decently better with with Jalen Hurts under center. I do think the Cowboys' offense should be enough to get over that five-point threshold. The way they've looked the past few weeks, the way Dak Prescott has looked, that should make you confident as a better to think the Cowboys should put up points this weekend or on Monday night. I agree. I, I think Dallas will come away with the W in this one. Um, I do have to say Jalen Hurts has been playing very well. The offensive line over in Philadelphia has been holding up extremely well. They have some true veterans on that offensive line. I just think like Jason Kelsey, I mean, he's an absolute veteran uh, at center for them. And the thing with Jalen Hurts is, I mean, you see like the headlines come out about him, like especially over the offseason. Like he like if he passes a wide receiver in the in the training room, he'll quiz him on the playbook. And if he gets it wrong, he'll like he'll he'll like get on him. And and it just but it's like it's it's kind of stupid little like over the top quotes like that. But with Jalen Hurts, it's like that's his leadership style. And I think that it really does work. I think the Eagles are going to put up a fight. Um, I, I just I, at Jerry World. I mean, talk about a tough place to play. Tough place to play. It is one of the toughest home court advantages in the NFL. So I think we're in lockstep on that. Cowboys minus five. All right. Um, Aiden, why don't you go over your Hatton's hat trick one more time for the folks quickly? That's right. The last game that we didn't include as a juicy game, and it's rightfully not a juicy game, is the Titans and the Colts. And our good friend 538, actually in their importance metric, put this as a 95 out of 100. This is this ranks as the most number one important game in the NFL uh, this year to 538. Importance generates you know how much this game will affect playoff odds. Affecting playoff odds is the number one way that 538 goes after this. The Titans are my lock of the week. Minus five against the Colts. Carson Wentz, if he does or doesn't play in this game, again, we're recording this on a Friday, so we're not sure if Wentz will be out there this weekend. If he is or if he isn't, I like the Titans to roll. Derrick Henry has looked much better since week one and his poor performance. The Titans came out with a huge win in Seattle at Lumen Field. And we'll get into the controversy within that Russell Wilson play later. Do you want to hear my money line hat trick? Oh, what's your money line hat trick? So I'm just going to say, like, these are just three teams I am mortal, lo- mortal locking in my 538. That means I have them at 100% chance of winning. Yes. The Cardinals at Jaguars. Yep. I have the Chargers at the Chiefs. I think wow. the Chiefs, Chiefs are winning. Oh, Chiefs. Chiefs okay. are winning. Yes. <laughs> that, yeah, I said yeah, that. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Chiefs are winning. I just don't see them losing two in a row. And then Broncos versus the Jets. Broncos are at mile high. They've looked good so far. Teddy's looked great. Not losing to Zach Wilson and the Jets. That's a great three-team teaser for money line. So there you go. You've got our gambling picks. We will have maybe a little college football next week once Zach comes back and he's the expertise there with college football. So that gets you ready for week three of the NFL. And most importantly, do not forget about the pepperoni football. It's coming. It's coming. 414-288-7091. Again, that's 414-288-7091. And on Twitter as well, at GrubMUR. And Instagram, same handle. Special thanks to Bennett Lundberg for joining us there. Some things never change because he has always been a sweetheart to us. Band member or not. Some things do never change. After every summer, there's fall. Right? 
after every summer there's fall. What else never changes? It's, it's getting Brian. a little bit colder out. Week three of the NFL season is here. We had to we had to grab our sweatshirts or sweatpants this week. Got a little cold in Milwaukee. Ugh. But you know, that happens. It's September. It happens. You know what else happens? A lot. Professional athletes that cannot throw a baseball. What's the distance from the mound of the plate? 60 feet, 6 inches. 60 feet and 6 inches. It's not that far. Conor McGregor was at Wrigley Field this past week. He's saying, take me out to the ball game during the seventh inning stretch. <laughs> but what was much worse than his singing ability was his first pitch. I think that this rivals the 50-cent first pitch. It rivals the Carly Rae Jepsen first pitch. And it also rivals the Anthony Fauci first pitch. <laughs> Conor McGregor, you could hurt somebody. Not with your fists in the cage, but by throwing a baseball. So stay stay away from those. Something else that never changes. The Timberwolves are still dysfunctional. Yes, my Minnesota Timberwolves. We fired our GM. Uh, the new ownership group, I just don't think, was quite agreeing with the way he was running things. There's a lot of rumors about a possible Ben Simmons trade, um, about maybe some some misconduct within the front office, maybe just some people disagreeing with uh, Mr. Rosas, our old general manager. I uh, have to say this about the Timberwolves, though. Gerson Rosas was the first Hispanic NF- or NBA general manager in the NBA. Wow. And, there you go. And our new Ooh, interim, our new interim general manager, I forget his name, is the first Indian general manager in the NBA. There you go. You caught me really bad voice crack. I was, I was sipping my water there. So, way to go, Timberwolves. I really do hope this is for our better. I liked our GM, but sometimes you got to move on. Um, other things that never change. Quarterbacks we've never heard of. Mills Mafia. Davis Mills made his first NFL start. Aiden, what do you have to say about Davis Mills? All neck. Long neck. All neck. That's pretty much all you guys. I, I just saw that I did. I had never seen Davis Mills until about thirty minutes before the show, <laughs> and I just looked at him and I was like, "Have you got? Have you seen this guy's neck? If you haven't seen it, just Google Davis Mills, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about." We got two more things that never change. What else never changes? John Jones was arrested this morning in Las Vegas. Oh man! It was a misdemeanor uh, assault, aggravated battery, something like that. I've heard uh, there's been mixed reports on what he was arrested for, but he's getting arrested for something. Never changes. <laughs> Just last night, he was getting inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame for his fight with Alexander Gustafson way back in the day. And no more than 12 hours later, he's getting arrested in Las Vegas. Get it together, John. Way to go, Bridget. <laughs> Not way to go, John. Last one. <laughs> last one. Josh Gordon is getting reinstated into the NFL. One other thing that never changes. It seems like this. we go through this every year. He gets reinstated. People are like, he could make a real difference on a team. He gets caught with drugs again, and he gets suspended indefinitely from the NFL again. Aiden, how many more times are we going to go through this with Josh Gordon? It's every year. Way to go, Bridget. Every year. So way to go, Josh. Way to go, Roger. For reinstating him. Hope he actually makes a difference. I, I don't know why they keep suspending him if they're just going to reinstate him. I mean, as long as he's not doing PEDs, I think, like, yeah, I feel like they should just let him play. I mean, at this point, it's either sus- suspend him for life or let him play until he wants to retire. It is the definition of insanity to keep doing things over and over and res- expecting a different result. Correct. So there you go. 
Some things never change, right, Brian? Yeah. Call in 414-288-7091. Games and Grub. Friday night edition. Woo! Moving on to our top five tweets of the week. The best of Twitter this week. It's Games and Grub's top five tweets. Top five tweets makes its return as a weekly segment. Number five comes to us from a source that we love here on Games and Grub, a source that actually co-hosted the show last week. His name is Jaden Conroy. He sent he sent me personally this tweet from Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus that made the rounds on Monday after week one of the NFL. Sam Monson tweets, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady. The league all of a sudden full of great young QBs that are going to dominate for the next decade. Had to wait for the beat to drop for that one. Sam Monson, very creative. He's the Irish NFL analyst, uh, pro football focus, as I mentioned. Very creative guy, and it only gets more creative as the days go on, Brian, because Sam Monson telling us that Tom Brady is a young quarterback that's going to dominate for the next decade is very worthy of a top five tweet. And Jaden sent this to us for a reason. Yeah, I mean, we were weird. I was just talking about how you got to love these young quarterbacks. They bring new energy <laughs> into the league. I really do feel like Tom Brady has reinvented himself in the past couple of years. He's really become kind of a hip, hip quarterback. I mean, his social media, obviously he's not the one running it, but whoever is, is doing a killer job. We've talked about it before. Oh, you love I'm sure. Media. I'm sure we're going to talk about it again, but... Tom Brady was at, he was actually a little late to come to social media. I don't think he joined like Instagram or Twitter until like 2018. Facebook was his first and he ended up doing Instagram then Twitter. So it, he is very much a late bloomer in his career and in his social media. Number four comes to us from Jeremy Ego. He comes to us at Carolina Huddle. I don't stick to sports and there's a reason why. Because this tweet uh, ahead of Thursday Night Football says Texans ruled out Danny Amendola, hamstring, Terrence Mitchell, concussion, Deshaun Watson, horny, <laughs> Camu Grugier-Hill, knee, questionable, Justin Reed, sprained knee, is questionable, not expected to play against the Panthers, according to a league source. So obviously, it's tough to ha- for the Texans to have that many of their key, key players out in a week three matchup. <laughs> That was Brian's nomination for a uh, tough obviously. Week. Obviously, it stood out as they got <laughs> routed by the Panthers on, last night on Thursday. Um, Deshaun Watson, you know, all everything that's happened to him is very unfortunate. Uh, I mean, you just think back to how good of a quarterback he was, and that's a talent that we are not able to see right now. Hopefully, someday he can get his uh, his off the field issues kind of sorted out and figured out, and uh, we can see him play play again. But for now. He'll be on the questionable list. <laughs> or maybe even the commissioner's exempt. We'll see. Yeah. Number three comes to us from Tarika with an all-time handle. She knows sports. She tweets, I'm logging TF off. Laugh emoji, laugh emoji. Hashtag NFL. And it's a picture of Aaron Rodgers <laughs> after a press conference with the caption, Aaron Rodgers looks like Nicolas Cage playing Aaron Rodgers in a movie about Tom Brady. <laughs> now, now this picture, maybe, maybe we'll retweet it with the Games and Grub Twitter. 
But we will. this picture is not Aaron Rodgers' Tinder profile picture. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. He's not looking too hot. He's looking he's actually looking pretty old in this. I mean, he could be as much he could be as old as 45 in this in this picture. But I do I do see what she means. Oh boy. Would you want Nicolas Cage to play you in a movie about Tom Brady? Ah, uh, I don't think so. I think that's a negative connotation I don't, having Nicolas Cage. I don't Cage think play I you. want Nicolas Cage to play me in anything about anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I know that what what's a scenario besides National Treasures uh third installment where you'd want Nicolas Cage to play you in a movie? I don't think there is any, right? I I think he's like the most overrated. I, I've never been a huge oh, Nick Cage guy. Oh, overrated actor. Yeah. Never really? been a, never been a big Nick Cage guy. I mean, I love the National Treasure series as as number they're, three. They're, goes they're up. pretty funny movies, but number three just went up on Twitter at GrubMUR, so you can see the visual medium that we're that we're talking about. You can see the picture that we're referencing. <laughs> number two comes to us from Cola Bocchini. Now you may be thinking, who is Cola Bocchini? Well, Cola tweets. So I just got told that I look like, quote, that guy from Ted Lasso. And I replied, quote, I am that guy from Ted Lasso, which he returned with no need to lie as he walked off. So how's everyone else's day going? <laughs> so Cola Bocchini, if you're keeping track at home, is Ted Lasso's. Uh, what's the captain's name, Brian? I, I don't even know his name on the team. That's the thing. I knew. I know who he is. He's the yeah. He's like he's the big guy. Uh, he's a thicker, bulkier kind of an angry guy. Not quite as angry as Roy Kent. Definitely a little angry though. Um, he he doesn't even have a blue check mark on Twitter. And this is really him. So we gotta yeah. get him a. We gotta get him a. A blue. We gotta get him a blue go, check. Mark. Go go follow him on Twitter. Pretty at much. Cola Bokini K O L A. B-O-K-I-N-N-I at Cola Bikini. You're doing a great job on Ted Lasso. Keep it up, and maybe people will start recognizing you soon. So he is Isaac McAdoo. We just looked that up here. Thanks to Isaac. IMDb. So Captain Isaac McAdoo, th this was really put on uh, Top 5 Tweets just to give Ted Lasso flowers because it's such a good show, and we've been telling you about it for weeks here on Grub MUR on the social media, on our actual games and grub. And it came away with three Emmy awards this past weekend at the Emmys. So Cola Bokini, it's great content and the show is great content as well. Number one comes to us. The number one tweet of the week actually includes a thread. Ryan Nanny is a video coordinator for Vox Sports. That's VOX. Um, even though his bio says Pac-12 commissioner. He tweets, Taco Bell should have a randomizer option where you give them $5 and they just give you a bag of whatever they feel is worth that. And the thread, the second tweet in the thread says, maybe it's menu items. Maybe they're experimenting that order. Maybe it's just $5 worth of taco beef. <laughs> Ryan Nanny, you deserve number one on this week's top five tweets because is there anything more normal than a dig at Taco Bell's operations, what they're doing these days. I mean, the one we have across the street is it's 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 very it's almost as volatile as my golf game, almost. Yeah, you know, I mean, I feel like T Bell knows that they're not they're not the the white tablecloth sit down restaurant, and they're not even 
they're not even a high quality fast food chain. They are low quality fast food. They know that their customers know that their customers. I could see them going for this. Would you sign up? I'm not a T-Bell customer, so you're I not, you're no, not a T-Bell customer. I, I don't for... like I don't like Taco Bell. Well, I guess you yeah you're more we're more focused on uh, Chipotle and maybe a Qdoba than a Taco Bell because you are obviously a noted Chipotle veteran. So there's your top five tweets. 414-288-7091. Again, that's 414-288-7091. And you can get us on Twitter and Instagram as well, obviously, at GrubMUR. We just tweeted out the photo of Aaron Rodgers looking like Nicolas Cage playing Aaron Rodgers in a movie about Tom Brady. All right, let's get to the segment that will have its softer open this week after week one's after last week's week one really soft open we're getting slightly softer before we get to the hard open next week with zach it is zach's zebra so brian has a play on call we're going to play the audio of how it sounded on cbs this weekend noted play-by-play man andrew catalan describes russell wilson in the seahawks home game against the titans nearly being sacked for a safety to end the game. Here's the clip. Wilson in trouble. Spins away. He's got to be careful. Nearly a safety, and he throws it away. But if it's grounding, that would be the ball game. Well, it looks like they have him down at the one-yard line. Wow, they do. Tennessee thought he was in the end zone. They're saying that he's down at the one that's courtesy of CBS. So that's how it heard on TV. I Brian, mean, as you can as you can hear, the announcer first thought it was going to be a safety, then he thought it was going to be intentional grounding because Russ decided to throw the ball and it didn't get past the line of scrimmage and it didn't get out of bounds. So it wasn't the safety and it wasn't intentional grounding, both which w- would have been the game because it was third and ten in overtime. They called it down at the one. Now, it wasn't forward progress because it's not like he was it's not like he was running forward and just got stopped and was stopped at the one yard line for a second. They actually never stopped. Titans linebacker Ola Adanii. Oh boy, you're killing that's, it. With that's a that's a tough pronunciation. Here. The week Ola, after <laughs> Ola Adanii. Hold on. The week after Tonga Vailoa, this guy steps up to the plate. Huge yeah. stones at the batter's box here. Talk about a swing and possibly a miss. <laughs> the world may never know. But so the Titans linebacker gets him and he's kind of whipping him around. You know, when they like if you're trying to tackle somebody and you kind of swing him around because they don't go to the ground right away. That's what's happening. And Russ ends up in the end zone without the ball in his hand because he threw it. They call it down on the one. Now, inevitably, this would be a loss for the Seahawks as they would be forced to punt. And then the Titans got the ball back and punched it in to win in overtime. Right. But the referees, I mean, they have to get this right. And I think it was because of overtime they couldn't they couldn't review it. It was it was some some rule like that. But I mean, the for the referees to to not call it intentional grounding when he threw the ball before a whistle was sounded, and because he was essentially thrown into the end zone, but to say that it was that like he was basically stopped on the one yard line is simply ridiculous. Go watch the play. Let us know what you think. We'll be back next week with 
Zach Zebras. We're filling in for Zach mightily here. And it is one of those plays, just to wrap it up, that you got to watch to see because the way Brian explains it, he should not be down at the one in any way, shape, or form. So go watch that play that we just mentioned and get ready for the official debut next week of Zach's Zebras. The official debut of a new segment that we're doing that will most likely be a one-and-done by all accounts this week was in honor of Marquette basketball student season tickets finally becoming on sale for the first time in two years. Deserves a golf clap. I, for the first time, have bought student season tickets. Woo! Got them on Wednesday. I texted Zach. I said, hey, have you bought your student tickets yet? <laughs> he said no. No. Just one day later, he's like, we got to go to the Al McGuire Center to go to the ticket office. I said, why? He's like, I didn't buy my student tickets. I said, I texted you when the window was open to go get your student tickets and you didn't. Sad. Explain that to me. So well, me and Aiden and all of the other Marquette students that bought season tickets to the student section are in there doing our Thunderstruck. Oh, boy. Zach is going to be sitting in general admission all lonely. So wait, I actually don't know this. Is he still without tickets? I think he's still without tickets. Oh no, I mean, he'll, he'll get into the student section. He I'm, will. I'm he dramatizing will. it. Maybe yeah, just yeah. a tad, but... <laughs> we're, we're making it... We're playing it off a radio. It definitely is, like, just a convenience factor, factor when you do have the student tickets. You don't have to worry about not getting into the student section. I've worried about that before, especially if they, if they start checking tickets pretty seriously. Usually, if you look like a college-age kid and you're wearing Marquette stuff, they let you right in, but right. you never know. So, in honor of those season tickets going on sale, sorry, Zach, and the schedule release this week, that's right, the entire Marquette basketball schedule is now available. The Big East schedule, as, the, as of the time of this recording, is available since yesterday. On Thursday, the Big East schedule came out for all teams uh, in the conference. So now, we have a full schedule, we have a full arena, hopefully, of excited Marquette fans. We have a new Shaka Smart. In honor of being at such a big week for Marquette basketball, being the offseason, we have to go over the in-arena foods to look forward to. It is time for the Foods of Pfizer. Don't you miss that music? Oh yeah, let's get to it. Just wait for the beat to drop. There, we have, in honor of students' season tickets being on sale and the schedule release this week, like we said, four in-arena foods to look forward to. The four foods of Pfizer, in no particular order. Let's start with number four. Number four comes to us from a weird spot. Again, these are all these are all main concourse. We're not going upstairs. Because, frankly, I don't think any student will be in the upper concourse throughout the entire season if you have tickets. So, it's time to start with number four. Uh, number four comes to us from Sobelman's. It is an American staple. It is the best bang-for-your-buck burger. Is that is that enough bees for you? How, how much more expensive is a Sobe's burger in the stadium versus, say, on the corner of 16th and Wells? It's a good question. I believe, see, the menu prices aren't on. We have to go to the actual concourse for the prices. But the last time that 
I had the burger in Pfizer. I think it was about 10 11 bucks. Oh, that's not so, bad at all. So not too bad at all. Best bang for your buck burger, again, with the bees, because uh, there's another bee. The amount of spice that they give you with the veggies, not just the meat. It's not just, you know, bread, meat, bread. It's a lot of stuff that, frankly, gets your mouth pretty hot throughout the game. Underrated, uh, underrated spot to have a spicy food. So what's the what's the last B to maybe wash down that spice? Ooh, maybe a. Uh, I can't. I can't think of it. What is it? A nice cold beer oh. at Pfizer Forum. We are now twenty one, ladies right. and gentlemen. That's this right. This basketball <laughs> season will be. <laughs> Simply on another level from previous seasons, we'll be able to walk right up, grab ourselves a nice refreshing drink at Pfizer Forum. Even if it's 11 o'clock in the morning. There you go. There's number four. Games and grub. Number three comes to us from Gold Rush Chicken. So their, their actual restaurant is situated near Bayview on Howell Avenue. But the real takeaway for me is, and why it makes the list, their website has a .org at the end. If you go visit goldrushchicken.org, you'll find their site. If you go to a food establishment's website and the final end of the domain is .org, you know that you're in for a ride. You know that you're in for a good spot because at Pfizer Forum, it's a local Milwaukee-owned business. Get ready for Gold Rush Chicken. Local Milwaukee-owned organization. Organi- oh, thank you. Organization. I think chicken at a basketball game or frankly any sporting event is an always good go-to i think chicken's just always a good go-to breakfast lunch dinner snack <laughs> football game basketball Anywhere. game cross-country meat you name it chicken's the chicken, <laughs> chicken's the go-to <laughs> shout out to gold rush chicken milwaukee owned organization cross-country meats all day way to go bridget number two comes to us and again there's no ranking i don't know why i'm going down from three to one this is the biggest wild card of them all the Laughing Taco, their Facebook page, Brian, is on fire when a food establishment has a .org end of their domain you got to pay attention, and when their social media is on fire, especially as a local business, you have to pay attention. Facebook.com slash Laughing Taco MKE, they are going ballistic with their social media posts, which as a local business it's always more enticing when you have your social media running. And frankly, with a name like Laughing Taco at the Pfizer Forum, I think it will attract more customers this year. I think I already know where the first place I'm going to get food at at Pfizer. I think, La- I think Laughing Taco is it. There we go. Now, now, if I'm walking to Laughing Taco and I pass a Chick-fil-A, there might be a detour. But Laughing Taco is already on my list. You know what the problem is, though? Chick-fil-A at Pfizer is to Starbucks at Marquette. Lines are too long. So Great comparison. <laughs> thank you. The line at Laughing Taco, I can't imagine, is longer than Chick-fil-A at any point in the game. And you're as much of a Mexican food fan as anyone I know. Having Mexican at a basketball game, never a bad place to be. So that, my friends, is number two. Hey, what do we call this? Grubs of games? Games and grub? The last one of the four foods of Pfizer is Iron Great Barbecue. Their dining room remains closed. That's right. Closed down still on Howell Avenue. So if you're keeping score at home, that's two Howell Avenue joints that we have on the board. 
is is joint like an East Coast term, like naming an establishment a joint? Obviously not like the the drug paraphernalia, but I think that's kind of an everywhere thing. Okay, but Good. I do think it's more of an old fashioned term. Like if I if I think of somebody calling it like, oh, let's go to the pizza joint. Yeah. I, I say it in New York accent, but <laughs> I think of it as like a 70s, 80s type term. Right. And at the same time, John, like J-A-W-N is a big Philadelphia term for uh, John. If you watch the watch the first Creed, Creed 1 with Michael B. Jordan, um, she uh, the the female actor, I can't imagine, I can't figure out her name right now, Her na- his neighbor, who they, they go out to this John and have a have a John of a steak and cheese, obviously from Philadelphia, and they name it the J A W N. And in the movie, she explains what a John is to Philadelphians. So there's your movie teaser of the week, and that, my friends, is your four foods of Pfizer. Friendship with the Games and Grub Podcast. There it is. Four one four two eight eight seven zero nine one. Do you think we missed any? We left out. I left out some some key players in our in that four foods of Pfizer draft. Even though there's only I, I only put four in there, just four do to. Do they watch have for. a Do they have an Ian's Pizza inside of Pfizer? It's a Canal Street, Canal which is a little street. Okay, it's a little controversial because it's not Ian's. And if you go around Milwaukee, Ian's is the most commonly known pizza brand, right? Wouldn't you say? If- for college age kids, I'd say yes. I mean, they're pretty strategically positioned right next to the <laughs> bars. They're open up late night. Uh, pretty good pizza. You got plenty of flavors. But yeah, I'm just trying to think of, of any that you could have missed in Pfizer. But I think you hit on all the major bases. I um, mean, food at Pfizer is, it's not stadium food. This is, I mean, it's real good meals. It's the big leagues. And what I love about it, for the most part, sans Chick-fil-A, it's all Milwaukee owned. So you're getting the Gold Rush Chicken. You're getting the Iron Great Barbecue. You're getting the Soldman's. So that's why I love, and it was a little tweak about the Pfizer operation when it first opened. So obviously just coming off the summer of a pandemic and uh, basically a year and a half of a pandemic, I always love to you know, support those local businesses. So 414-288-7091, you can call in and uh, listen either through podcasts as a reminder um, as Brian mentioned, we're on Spotify. As I'll mention, we're on Apple Podcasts as well. Anywhere podcasts are available, you might want to tune in and turn your volume up for this next segment, Fat Bear Week. That's it's right. Games and Grub Wilderness Edition. Oh, boy. It is, it is truly the game of life. It is the grub of nature. The Games and Grub is traveling to Katmai National Park up in Alaska. It's basically in the Arctic Circle. Every year at this time, brown bears gather at Brooks River Falls to catch salmon, get fat, and prepare for hi- for hibernation. Because obviously up there it gets way colder, way faster than it does here. So currently they have, because of modern technology, we have live cams on these bears. And they take pictures of them and they track which bears are which. And at any given time, you can go watch a live cam, explore.org forward slash fat hyphen bear hyphen week. Not backslash. Forward slash. 
or Google Fat Bear Week. It should be one of the first links that comes up. I saw this. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever because these <laughs> bears go from like pretty skinny to just absolute chunkers. And for the first time ever this year, they have a junior division. So not not the adult oh. bears, but these tiny little cubs, and they are absolutely adorable. <laughs> so I just voted on. They have numbers, and then they also have names. So the so I'm voting on one two eight yearling versus the one thirty two spring cub. And so since we can't weigh these bears, it's up to the people to vote which bear they think is the fattest. And it's a March Madness style bracket. And it's a small bracket for the Cubs right now. And then next week is for the adult bears. So go vote explore.org forward slash fat hyphen bear hyphen week. (laughs) Which bear will be the fattest? Which will eat the most salmon? You can go and watch them. If you got kids, maybe this is a good education opportunity. Oh, this is awesome. Learn about some wilderness. Learn about the, the just nature and and how these things prepare for the nice cold winter. Aiden, I showed this to you. I, sh- I showed everybody this. I, <laughs> I'm obsessed everybody. with this. I think this is the coolest thing ever, and it's been going on for like eight years now. I'm so glad that you found this in the middle of Fat Bear Week. So it's timely. It works on the show. I think the grub of nature may be your most controversial line you've ever said on the air, but it is Fat Bear Week. So we, I got to get you the, the credentials for at GrubMUR because we have to tweet this out. You have to go vote and see the ridiculousness that is Fat Bear Week. So kudos to you, Brian, for finding this ridiculous but perfect Games and Grub March Madness Fat Bear Week all pulled together in a knot type story. Who can eat more salmon? Who can eat more salmon? Me or a bear? Probably the bear. (laughs) (laughs) I do do really like salmon, though. I think it's a uh, (laughs) I think it might be the best fish to eat. So, <laughs> so the, gonna... these things, they're pretty picky. They don't, they don't eat everything. They don't eat like small animals that much. They're like sitting in their, their little, uh, their little river, their little waterfall. And then the salmon jump up and they, they catch like, I think it's like one in 10 salmon that like they, they go after. I think they have a pretty high success rate. Wow. Wow. How, how many fun facts or, or educational facts really can you fit in one segment about fat bear week? Bro, they got a they got a whole website right here. I'm telling you, go to explore.org forward slash meet hyphen the hyphen bears. Meet the bears. Ex- explore.org. Go to it. Find out. Support this. I'm sure there's some type of uh, wildlife support that you could find on this too. So, oh, 100%. Yeah, go do that and uh, support our big furry friends. Unbelievable. And we're not talking Justin Fields. Meet those bears. <laughs> and who knows? I think the Bears will get more traction than the Chicago Bears in terms of nationwide uh, aspirations to vote for whoever you want to win Fat Bear Week, either in the Cub Division, which is just hilarious that they have a junior league, and the big leagues. I Who gets more traction on social media this week? Justin Fields in his first NFL start for the Chicago-led Bears or the Bears of Fat Bear Week? Unfortunately, I think it's Justin Fields. Ah, Damn. But in a perfect world, it'd be it'd be the it'd be our northern friends. I'm really hoping. I'm really hoping for an upset. Just like in upsets, you can vote on a March Madness style bracket for those. So go to explore.org. Again, second testament to having a .org 
end of your domain means you're legit. So go vote there. Fat Bear Week. Games and Grub. Best story ever. Worst story ever is one that we rip. And that's why we created Clip It and Rip It. You guys came back. The segment came back last week, and I was very happy because I, I've frankly forgotten about Clip It and Rip It. What was the what was the quote last week? Oh, you guys did Marcus Smart. Zach did the Marcus Smart. Yeah, it was Smart. the Marcus Smart. Nobody remembers the second U.S. president. <laughs> That's right. Probably the funniest exchange <laughs> between you talking about uh, John Adams. I thought it was Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> um, I did not. See, nobody knows. I was so sure it was Jefferson, too. Anyway, this week's Clip It and Rip To It, Rip It, comes from a Marquette alum, which makes me very sad to rip this person. But here is Sixers head coach Doc Rivers this week talking about his prior comments about Ben Simmons. I just love how he plays. I love a lot of the things that he does for our team. Uh, You know, unfortunately, we focus so much on his offense uh, and we don't focus on a lot of the other things he does. Um, You know, Ben's been under a lot of pressure in Philadelphia. We know that. Uh, Having said that, uh, we were one game away from the Eastern Finals um, last year. No one picked us. No one picked us to be where we were at. Um, and so I look at last year as the first step, not the last step. That's courtesy of originally Doc Rivers with First Take uh, this week on ESPN and then from CBS Sports Radio, the audio pulled from. So Doc Rivers, and it's funny that that, that tape stop sound effect kind of sounds like a rip because... Doc Rivers, again, it totally kills me to rip him on this. He He's losing it, I think. You think so? I, I, he he might have lost the locker room with this one. So this one, he's by most accounts a good guy. Great guy around the NBA. Marquette alum. But Doc Rivers is totally covering his keister with this because Doc Rivers, go back to the history books. He was asked after the playoff series loss to the Hawks, Game 7 of the conference semifinals, whether he thinks... Ben Simmons can be a championship caliber point guard, you know, give or take. That was that was the wording. And to to save you the coach speak, he basically said, I don't know. That was his answer. And now that Ben Simmons is not happy with the 76ers, and it seems like the 76ers don't want him either, it's getting ugly. So now Doc Rivers, in that clip, he feels the need to backtrack those comments from Game 7. Oh, I love the way Ben plays, yada, yada. And even has the nerve to say, Brian, that, quote, he's going to play the, quote, nobody believed in us card, like Tom Brady used to do with the Patriots. I feel like everybody believed in them. Weren't yes. they, they, were, they were definitely favored to beat the Hawks. I thought they were going to beat the Hawks in, like, five. They so had. to say that nobody thought they were going to be there with Joel Embiid and... I mean, they've been a perennial playoff team. They've been one of the better teams in the East. They haven't They haven't really seemed to get past the Celtics or some of the other. They haven't seemed to be able to take that step that the Bucks were able to take, that the Nets ha- have taken through free agency. They haven't really scratched that level, but they've been competitive at that 1B level. So to say that nobody nobody predicted that they were going to be there, it's it's weak, and it's I think it's just simply wrong on Doc Rivers' part. He loses. You get a bit. You make a great point. I think he loses the room on this, Doc. Obviously, the Bucks won the championship, but you were the number one team in the conference. Joel Embiid, as you just said, top three player in basketball, maybe top two with Nikola Jokic. You had home court advantage, 
everyone thought you could stroll to at least the conference final, maybe a trip there with Brooklyn or maybe with Milwaukee, as it was at the end of the day. You didn't. You lost because Ben Simmons is, frankly, too mentally broken to play in Philadelphia anymore. He couldn't shoot a layup from point blank. Give him up. Make this bad marriage stop because Doc needs to come clean, and this men, this mess needs to end. That's your clip it and rip it. A-Rod, Mark Laurie, Timberwolves front office, please, 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 please do not trade for Ben Simmons. Sincerely, thank you, Brian Gallagher. Former season ticket holder. Former season ticket holder. Maybe this future is, season ticket holder someday. This is a great tie-in. Yeah, maybe future. It's a great tie-in for you, Brian, as a Timberwolves fan, because Ben Simmons, he's been sniffed around so much with Minnesota in the past months, really, but especially the last few weeks with uh, Rosas being canned this week. He was Minnesota was basically a number one top team candidate to land Ben Simmons. Yeah, that that's kind of the general... Uh, general news that we've been seeing circulating around it it sounds like if the asking price wasn't so high the trigger might have already been pulled but also if the asking price wasn't so high other teams would have pulled that trigger too so we're not the only team looking for him but we're definitely one of the main teams that you've seen time and time again over the past couple months names come up each time shakes me to my core a little bit <laughs> makes me question my my fandom but I, i'm staying strong we haven't done it yet i think we got a good team this year Deal. Do you know what time it is, Aiden? I think I know what time it is. It's trivia to go. In this radio restaurant, when it's time to go, we don't ask for the check. We ask the tougher questions. It's time for trivia to go. And not only is this trivia to go, we've combined it with another segment on this day in sports. So since we are recording this a day before we usually do we have some questions from september 24th and some questions from september 25th throughout the years aiden are you ready i am ready trebek september 24th 1903 bill bradley becomes the first cleveland baseball player to hit for the cycle what was the name of the cleveland baseball team in 1903 Boy, in honor of the Indians now changing their name to the Guardians from the past, or excuse me, in the future. I'm going to say the Guardians. Did they go back to their original name? They did not. It was the Cleveland Naps. The Naps? How do you spell that? N-A-P-S. Like sleeping? I, I, don't, I don't know what it's meant to, what it's meant oh, to mean, but goodness. he was playing for the Cleveland Naps. Wow. Beats Guardi- or Guardians beats that, I guess. Guardians beats that. That's right. <laughs> All right. September 24th, 1980. This National League team was the last to hit 1 million in season attendance for the MLB. The last team. To the last NL million. team to have 1 million fans in the stands Ooh, in one season. I love this question. I'm going to go with the Montreal Expos. I'll give you one more. Baseball team, 1980, they'd, they'd have to exist. It can't be an expansion team. Uh, I'm going to go with the Twins. Atlanta Braves. Oh, wow. I thought the Braves were a good baseball market. Anyway. <laughs> In the 1988 Summer Olympics, which I had to double check this. I was like, it's not really summer. The Summer Olympics are usually, you know, oh, earlier yeah. in the year. September but 24th, they, they yeah. were in September in 1988. This runner set the world record for the 100 meters and he did it in 9.92 seconds. Jesse Owens. 
No, way, way too late. 1988. Oh, he was earlier. 1988? Uh, oh, uh, Steve Prefontaine. Carl Lewis. Ah, that was the other one I was looking at. All right, All right moving on. Septem- I- September 25th. Maybe, maybe you'll have a little bit better luck. Yeah, You're see, 0-3 I, on September 24th. Get back on them. Yeah, seriously. All right. <laughs> In, oh, no. On September 25th, 1844. Oh, you're killing me. Canada defeated the U.S. by 23 runs in this sport. Okay, runs. It's an old sport. You've already given And it me counts a- by runs. you got to be able to get this. Runs. So I feel like we've already done a baseball question. It can't be baseball. I'm going to go softball. No. Is it cricket? Cricket. Ah, there we go. It'll give you half a count. point for that one. It doesn't count. The second try. <laughs> see, I knew it wasn't baseball. Anyway. All right. We hit baseball. We hit track. We hit cricket. Now, on for the NHL. September 25th, 1926, the National Hockey League granted these two original six teams their franchises because not all the original six teams are created at the same time. Which two of the original six teams were added in 1926? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Which two of the six? So I have a good percentage of getting this. I'm going to go with the... I'm going to go with the Detroit Red Wings and the Chicago Blackhawks. There you go. I got that one. Yeah. Two for two. All right. <laughs> I was thinking Midwest. All, All right. right. Last one. Very famous dunk, but maybe the more infamous member of this <laughs> famous play Vince Carter in 2000 on September 25th jumped over this seven foot two Frenchman in the infamous Le Dunk de la Mort. Oh, the boy. Dunk of Death the Dunk of Death I should know that because I took French in high school oh boy Vince Carter I'm gonna go with Darko Milicic Frederick Weiss Frederick Weiss is it Weiss or Weiss? It's, I think because he's French, it's Weiss. But if he was German, it would oh, be Weiss. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So, Vince Carter in 2000, the dunk of death on the seven foot two Frederick Weiss. I'm on a hangover after getting that NHL question right. Yeah. That's all right. And trivia will be back next week. That's your trivia to go. That was a success by you. You stumped me with some really good this day in sports. Good, good questions, though, right? I, I, I do I, I, love framed, I framed them in a way where you'd kind of have a chance. Because, like, <laughs> obviously I'm not going to ask you, like, who was the guy that hit for cycle in 1903? Because, like, you had no right, chance to answer right. that. But maybe you knew who, like, Cleveland's old team name was. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So I, I tried to make it easy on you. But, I mean, especially, like, the 1844 one. Like, oh boy. don't remember that one. <laughs> don't remember that. It, it's been tough. It, it, that's why we have to have like rotating moderators for trivia to go because if you just have one person as Alex Trebek just sticking it to you, it's going to be a rough night <laughs> for you, which it was for me. So one for one for six, uh, isn't that eleven percent? Is it? No, that's one for nine. Uh, we'll do the math. That'll be my seventh trivia question. I'll make myself do. Uh, any final words for us, Brian, on this uh, amazing Friday edition? Um. Well, everybody's listening on Saturday, so have a great weekend. Have a great Saturday. Watch some college football. Watch some NFL tomorrow. Kick your legs up, relax, and have a great next week. Thank you, folks. Matt Leonard for the win. My golf team for the win. Uh, Whoever you're rooting for in the Madison-Notre Dame game in Chicago, root for them to win, and root for Hatton's hat trick to win. Root for Brian's 538 to win. This has been Games and Grub. This has been Games and Grub.